0: that is really engaging for that particular audience. So there's an audience for everyone and I think people tend to, A, have the cringe factor and that's understandable, but B, think people aren't interested, but they really are because people want to fundamentally see that everyone's just like them and not everyone's got the answers just like they don't. And I think that's kind of how it engages people, showing that vulnerability.
1: I'm Ben Amos. Join me as we dive deep into how some of the best in business, marketing, content creation, and education wield powerful and effective stories to engage audiences and drive action. Welcome to engage with story. There's something about storytelling when done right, that draws us in, takes us along on a journey and makes us care about the outcome and feel for the characters. And it's this ability for story to invite us into the action and provide what's often called narrative transportation that makes it such an effective tool to move people. In today's episode of Engage With Story, my guest is really a story practitioner whose work using story marketing for sporting teams and organisations in particular is instrumental in transporting fans into the world of the players and the teams. He's been using Story in various ways to build engaged, loyal fans connected to their sporting heroes for most of his career so far. And it's this powerful engagement with fans that prompted the development of his latest product, an app which he's launching right now using Story. Jason Davis has been head of digital at Queensland Rugby League, which otherwise known as the QRL. And in this role, he led the strategy and development of digital capability, content, and digital revenue through all levels of football across Queensland's rugby league community. Now, he's now transitioned into his own agency called Halfback.co. The unagency digital agency is how they describe themselves. Now, Halfback is a digital content and strategy agency serving sport and businesses. And he's currently launching to market his latest venture, The Siren, A new game day engagement app to improve the live sport experience and generate more revenue for clubs and this app is free to use for clubs and for fans and we'll dive into that a bit further in this chat and it is a really interesting chat because we're going to explore all about the power of story in building engaged sports fans as well as how story can be used to launch a product to market and bring people along on the journey with you so keep listening as we dive right in now to my chat with Jason Davis from Brisbane-based digital agency, Halfback. All right, Jason, welcome to the Engage with Story Podcast. It's um awesome to have you here today and to share your story a bit more with the listeners. So thanks for joining me. No worries, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I introduced you to the listeners a little bit more in, in the introduction there, but what I'd love to do, first of all, is to hear a bit more about your story. You know, what led you to where you are today, particularly with your passion for, for marketing and storytelling and what you've got going on right now? Well, it's a
0: long and sordid tale. <laughs> um, many, many people say, how did you get from A to B to C to i uh, I'll give you the quick version. Um, I was uh, trained in a technical background in the Air Force of all, of all places. You didn't see that coming, did you? And, um and I, I left and decided I wanted to be a writer, I wanted to be a journalist, I wanted to be a storyteller. There you go. There's, there's a tie-in we got there. Yeah,
1: well done. <laughs>
0: um, so I left and started working in magazines and uh, media in Sydney and ended up in newspapers and eventually had enough of, of the big smoke and moved to the slightly smaller smoke of Brisbane. my wife and um, we had a family and ended up at uh, News Limited in Brisbane and then sort of in the early 2000s they the powers that be decided to put all the news online onto shiny websites Um, that was a interesting um, marketing ploy that's for sure (laughs) in the long term Um, so I was you know one of the few had a technical background so I sort of was moved across to the uh, digital team and started, I guess, telling multi-platform stories, um, telling news stories, but also feature stories, um, and you know stories of all different kinds through content on um, on the web, on apps, that kind of thing, and then eventually sort of moved into agency land and at some point there started working uh, for Channel 7 um, and worked on the Australian Open Tennis in 2015, which was uh, a fun and fairly uh, fraught experience. Mm. But, um, yeah, we delivered something in terms of, I guess, sports storytelling, um, something that never been done before, which was, you know, the, the mega wall with the sixteen courts at the time, and and um, you could choose on your connected TV which one you wanted to stream, and all the data that went with that and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, That's cool stuff. I mean, you've um, you've moved, you know, quite. Quite strongly into the the sports marketing and and space and digital marketing in in sport the sporting industry, uh, I'd love to dive into that a bit further with you. But I want to take you back for a minute too. You mentioned you, I guess you cut your teeth in magazine land as well back in the day. And am I right? I've I've read somewhere that you were actually for a period editor of Mad Magazine Australia. Is is that right? Is that the Mad no, magazine I'm be. thinking of from my youth?
0: <laughs> it certainly is the, yes. one with the, the three
1: page the three folds in the back page to to make something funny oh, is that? to
0: fall out. Yeah, that's the fallout yeah yeah absolutely oh uh, that takes me
1: back <laughs> <laughs> everyone says that and it's it's quite the uh left field entry in the cv let me tell you yeah no that's awesome so you have now obviously as i said moved into a lot more of uh sports marketing with your agency which is halfback.co for people who want to go and check him out um but basically I'd love to learn a bit more about that—that that idea of story in in sports marketing. And you know, you've explained the the challenges of of tennis there, but you can expand on that, or maybe just maybe just let us know what what role you think story can play in getting people engaged with sport.
0: Oh, it's a good question. Um, so from tennis, I moved into rugby league and uh, was head of digital at the QRL. And had had a pretty good insight over a few years um, into, I guess, the behind-the-scenes world. The, I mean, everyone sees the story on the field. It's in on every platform available to stream on your device and wherever else you'd like to be. But it's the extra level of uh, story behind the scenes. How did everyone? How did people get? To this point on the field, or what? Why did why was the outcome the way it was, or what's happening behind the scenes? Everyone loves that, and and there's lots of platforms telling stories of athletes in their own voice these days. Uh, people mm. paying attention would have seen a few of those spring up. Um, so, I guess you know, as well as running, running the competition in the state. Uh, a state worth of of rugby league, Um, I guess I saw a big gap between uh, what the fans, the content or the stories the fans wanted told and the stories that were being told. So what I mean by that is my team would be behind the scenes at State of Origin time for a few years. Um, Queensland would usually win, which was awesome, but not always. Usually um, <laughs> and I'd be in the change rooms and there'd be the celebrations and the you know the spraying of the sponsor's product and all the rest of it and I'd just be looking around and my guys were in there filming for very tightly edited pieces reactions to the game and and all that kind of thing that we'd put out on the web, but there's lots of other content in there that fans I was well aware would give their eye teeth to to experience yeah and, and we just weren't able to tell those stories and certainly not anywhere near in real time because, of course, you've got to then go and cut the video and you might do a little live stream but not too much. Um, So there's a gap between the experience that, you know, your most engaged uh, fans in sport are the ones in the stadium because they've paid their hard-earned money That's sitting, not sitting at, at home on the couch. They're actually getting the worst experience. I mean, they're getting... You know at regular games they're getting the game on the field which everyone on the broadcast is getting but the story that the broadcast has been able to tell over the last I guess 30 40 years especially with the professionalization of sport has has added so many different dimensions where the live the live game hasn't so yeah. I'll, I'll explain what I mean you know so anyone would have seen players these days can't even get off the field before they're having an interview um, on the you know which is going into the broadcast. Then there's halftime shows, analysis, data, replays, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you get a tiny fraction of that at the game on one big but kind of little screen, and then the rest of it is lost to you. So I guess that led me to try and think well. You know, especially there's only so many logos that people can put on jerseys and signs on the field. There seems to be a couple of different parties who want what the others got and and the teams want more revenue, more sponsorship, more engagement. Fans want more access, which the team has. There must be a way to solve that problem.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, the idea that for sport, particularly for the diehard fans, it, what they what they really care about, you know, and I would even say in some cases, not so much the score or the final score or whether their team wins, but what they often care about is that relationship that they're potentially they're building with these, these, you know, sporting people that they idolize in many cases. Is that, is that what you see as well? And it's that relationship or facilitating that relationship where good marketing and good storytelling can really, really help build fan engagement. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you th- well, if you think about it, that's,
0: that's the whole point. Sport doesn't operate on a, uh, with the brain. It operates with the heart. So people will follow teams, you know, to their dying day and the team that their father followed or whatever it is. So there's, it's not a logical relationship. It's an it's a, um, emotional relationship. And so, you know, if, if their star player, you know, trips over or gets married or or buys a new dog or whatever it is um has a coffee in a in a cafe they want to know about it just because they want that inside access they want you know to that relationship deeper so good marketers on the broadcast have been a you know awake to that and good storytelling can can get i guess marry the marketing with the storytelling but at the game, apart from a few so a bit of signage on the field, that 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 deep integration isn't there. So yeah, I'm, I think for, yeah, So I'm trying to fix that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into how you're fixing that shortly. But I, I'd love to explore this concept a bit further because, you know, I think it's really interesting for for marketers listening or or you know storytellers in their own right that maybe aren't operating within this sporting or or league environment it's um it's really interesting to think about you know the transactional nature of what you're doing is not necessarily getting people to buy a ticket to a game or buy merchandise although that's certainly part of how you monetize sport right but um ultimately what you're wanting people to do is to buy that or to buy into that relationship with their team because then all of that sales falls off the back of that relationship with your team right is, is that kind of how you how you guys you marketers in that space see see this of course yeah i
0: mean people think content marketing is new but it's been going on the first time that someone put a logo on a jersey that was, content marketing was born because you know you're basically marrying up this the story of of the sport or the or the the athlete or whatever it is, the product, with, um, you know, what you want, what you're trying to attach the brand to. So you're telling a story about something that is integrated with the brand rather than saying buy my product, buy my product because, of course, everyone these days is blind to any kind of ad. We all look down at our phones when every time the ad has come on TV if you're still watching it free to wear or if you see no one sees banners banner ads on the web anymore so the the, the best way to market is to uh engage with people around the story that you you know so subtly or sometimes not so subtly of course uh integrate a brand into so people aren't going to switch off
1: yeah I would- if to look at it from the other side of the organization or or the the corporate level of these sporting organizations and teams. Yeah, we before we hit record here, you mentioned how, you know, often there's there's big budgets, there's there's big money changing hands within these sporting organizations, but often they potentially don't necessarily see the value or they're not filtering a lot of their budget to this kind of content marketing. Is is that right or where do you see it the organisations struggling or maybe not buying into the importance of this?
0: Um, In sport, I think, um, well, the big check that gets signed every four or five years or six years, depending on what sport it is, the majority goes to, um, you know, broadcast, the broadcast industry for the rights Mm. to uh, play the end-to-end or show the show the um live action so that's fine but um and that gets split up obviously lots of ways and filters down to the elite clubs having said that um anyone even those clubs and anyone below that that who's who's writing a big check to stream those uh, their games well the answer is usually no one um, yeah. or or if it's semi-pro or lower echelon no one. So where's their digital inventory? You know, they've sold their whole jersey. They've put banners on everything they can find, put logos on stuff. Where's their digital inventory? Where's where's how do they tell a multifaceted story without that kind of broadcast layer? Um and it's, it's very difficult to do that.
1: Yeah, I can imagine it is, and particularly even though there's many opportunities for those those organisations or those um, you know lower level sporting clubs to to use digital tools, digital marketing, and social media to tell their stories. It's often quite difficult and overwhelming, and potentially very noisy as well to reach the audiences that they're trying to reach. So, you know, you've you've come up with a solution, and I'd love to actually explore. First of all, what this solution is this app that you're launching, which is called the Siren, and but also it's interesting to me how you're integrating story into the launch of this app. So, tell us more about the Siren and, and what you're doing there.
0: Okay, so the Siren's a an app and a platform that is free for clubs or event holders, anyone running any kind of event, but uh, I guess the low hanging fruit is sporting clubs. Uh, they can use this platform to. Um, get someone, anyone who can use a phone to run around behind the scenes and capture that other layer of, of content. So people at the ground. So the idea is uh, live sport, I think, is in, is in trouble in, in lots, of, lots of leagues and lots of sports. And I think what, what we've got to do as sporting organisations or as, as a culture is improve the live sport experience. By bringing to it all that, all those extra bells and whistles that make the broadcast product uh, so enticing. So we need that extra level of content and the the story behind the story. So how it works is uh, if I'm running my rugby league team or my basketball team or whatever it is, doesn't matter if they're elite or not. Um, I set up an event or. Contact the siren, they set up an event and put a geofence around the stadium. So basically, it's just a ring in Google Maps around their stadium, so anyone who uses the app inside that um, geofence can see all this content that they're gonna capture on their phone and publish into the platform. So the idea is used over time. uh, The first benefit is uh, hopefully more bums on seats because people start to expect all this extra cool content, the behind-the-scenes stuff that fans want to see. So what does that look like? Well, it's, you know, it's video of the team getting ready. It's uh, hopefully the victory, the video of the of the team song after the game. It's potentially a little halftime show interview with the coach or the assistant coach or someone else, uh, just like on the broadcast. So it's a mini it's a mini broadcast platform, I guess, but you're only engaging with the fans at the ground. Yeah. Um, and, it, and that creates, I guess, an opportunity to engage with and tell another level of the behind-the-scenes story to people at the ground. There's an injury, a bit of a video or an update. Is that player coming back? Are they not? The, the team doctor's spraying on the magic spray, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, well, I think I think that's really interesting. I think that the potential for different ways that clubs can make use of that is, yeah, you know, I imagine as the developer of the app, um, or the team behind it, like you'll probably get excited the more people start to use it in the different ways that they figure out how to use it. You know, it's kind of put the power into the hands of the clubs, and and they'll work out which stories they want to tell and how they're going to tell them. Is that what you you imagine oh, will happen?
0: I. I Fully agree. It's basically a a pretty simple platform, and I'm fully aware that people are going to use it in ways that I hadn't thought of, and it's already happening. So, I'll give you an example. Uh, Use case number one is Warringah Rugby Club, the Mighty Rats in the Shoot Shield in Sydney. So, it's second tier rugby in Sydney. They're going really well. They're doing home games, Um, it's free for them to use. They did a jersey offer through. siren they sold out for the first time ever they're doing videos around member offers with particular uh, food vendors and activations around the ground and stay after the game go back to the leagues club uh, for a special event etc etc so they're monetizing really well Um, but uh, a use case i didn't see coming was race courses so yeah, okay. Uh, Rockhampton Race Club are our second uh, client. Um, if you think about it, they're actually a really good um, use case because it's yeah, a large area but um, a long dwell time. But, you know, they there's a lot of stories around that you can be telling around a major favourite in the major race. You might uh, import a bit of video on their last start or their barrier or their last training session or barrier trial or whatever it is um the jockey's making correct weight the jockey's interview after the rat race saying oh, i had a bit of trouble at the turn but got out of it or whatever happened um, but also in a commercial sense um race race courses get a clip of all the bets that are made through the bookies on the on the course but if people jump on their phone and use a a, um, a different betting partner, they get nothing out of that. So mm, they're yeah. going to they're going to use a button in the app to um, drive people to to hopefully uh, bet through bet that way, and then you know the the ra- the race club gets a, a slice of that revenue yeah, somewhere yeah. down the track. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very cool. I mean, I think um, there's obviously a lot of potential uses for it, both in the storytelling, behind the scenes um, storytelling for those geo fenced audiences, but also for other, you know, data data capture ability, and um, like you've mentioned there, the ability to. You know, embed affiliate kind of links and things like that. So there's a lot of opportunity, but what I'd I'd love to talk about um, just as we as we wrap up our chat here today, Jason, is you particularly through I think it's mostly through LinkedIn, but you've decided to use story in an interesting way to actually i guess document in a way the the launch of this app or, or your process your journey in taking this product to market so can you tell us about your thought process behind that and what what made you come up with the idea of really documenting your story and and how how that's working out for you
0: yeah sure um well I wouldn't be much of a marketer if I didn't eat my own dog food as they say yeah so um, I know I practice what I preach. So, content. If I just run banner ads or you know Facebook um, ads saying "buy," you know, get my use my app, use my app. You know, I think I think I'll have potentially fairly low level of success. Whereas if I tell a journey, it's actually engaging. It's more about, I guess, the process of of creating a startup, um, the journey hopefully you get more, I guess, for want of a better term, repeat business or repeat audience. And, you know, the next time that these people, they're watching me being an idiot um, talking about my trials and tribulations and I I try not to sugarcoat too much um, and I like to have a sense of humour about it all, um, but also they might pick up a tip or two about, you know, uh, a marketing tip or, or a, a tip on if they are thinking about doing their, a similar thing themselves, what not to do maybe, um, but uh, it'll you know no one's going to share an ad on Facebook, for example, whereas people have been sharing this and you know commenting, which helps it spread further. So um, I think that's a better strategy for trying to get any message out there, and I include that with my own little video so uh it's called product journey the siren um i've done two episodes and uh obviously there's more to come and it's also a good way to keep myself honest and make sure that you know i point to the grandstand and say this is what i'm going to do i can't really duck out now
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify for for our listeners, this is, uh, this product journey videos that, um, Jason's referring to here. Uh, they're really vlog style or video blog style videos, short videos, um, that are kind of documenting where he's up to in the journey of launching the siren app. And, um, where do you see this going? Like, will you, uh, do you have a, a deadline? Do you have an end of this story or, or will you just keep going with, with new, update videos as you go what's the plan
0: uh, I'll, I'll keep i'll keep going as long as i can i guess if i go broken my wife divorces me then i'll probably uh give it away well that but could so make an I interesting
1: say, video but
0: well that's true <laughs> that's true the trials and tribulations uh, but um yeah i'll keep going as long as as long as i can um because you know once you once you sort of drop that uh, cringe factor where you go, okay, I'm just going to lay it all out there. It's quite liberating. And so, yeah. no one expects everything to be roses and everything to just explode and take off like a rocket ship. That's really not startup life. So, it kind of is quite liberating and, and I think much more engaging. Hopefully, other marketers. I know people are starting to wake up to it from what the content I'm seeing online.
1: Yeah. And I think what you're showing there is, is some of the critical elements to good storytelling is, is that it's allowing you to be personal, but also a little bit vulnerable as well. So, um, you know, I think, you know, there's a lot that other business owners or people who are launching products or launching services or trying new things within their business. um, I think they can learn a lot from that and and potentially even take on, um, this idea for their for themselves as well around documenting their journey using video blog style content perhaps or something like that. But for you, Jason, where do you see that other business owners can potentially learn from from that approach and and um, you know maybe take something away and and apply that to to launching their product or services?
0: Um, I've done some I've done some work for people in completely different industries doing exactly the, the same thing. And and I think people fall into the trap of thinking, oh, no one's going to be interested in my insert business here behind the scenes, but, for example, I did similar content for a plumbing supply company. And uh, no, I wouldn't be that interested in that, but I'm not their target market. Plumbers are their target market. Yeah. So, for example, if the owner of the business goes and says, look at this cool new product, it's going to save... You, the plumber out there, half an hour on on every job that you use, that you install taps on or whatever it might be, then that is really engaging for that particular audience. So there's an audience for everyone and I think people tend to A, have the cringe factor and that's understandable, but B, think people aren't interested, but they really are because people want to fundamentally see that everyone's just like them, and not everyone's got the answers just like they don't. And I think that's kind
1: of how it engages people showing that vulnerability. Yeah, I think where potentially people um, can can feel a bit concerned or pull back from this this kind of uh, video documentation of of their journey in a way um for the purpose of of marketing, which is ultimately what what the purpose is. Is I think people feel that a people don't care um, that it's only me who cares, um, but also that you know it's not interesting to other people. And what you've touched on there is is really important. That you know people are interested in hearing the journey of other people if they get value from 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 hearing or, or watching that that journey unfold you know so I think it's a good thing to take away for everyone listening that if you if you think about it that you're doing this not just for you but also for an audience to provide value to other people when they watch then that's going to set you off in the right in the right path right
0: yeah that's that's a good point I think people are a lot more likely to do it if they because people love to help other people I'm no different yeah and I think well You know I know I'm going to stuff up certain things along the way might stuff the whole thing up who knows but if I can help people avoid a few of my pitfalls then I feel like that's public service and you feel less self-conscious in in helping other people so that's probably a good way to approach it I think
1: yeah awesome and you know ultimately build a movement of people who are kind of you know uh, care about the success or or where you're going to take your whatever product or service that, that you're launching through this documented journey. So, you know, I think, I think you're going about things in a really interesting and great way. And I'll certainly be following along as, as you you get the the siren out to market and you're documented along the way. And it just, um, for, for those listening, if they are interested in checking out your videos there, um, are you just publishing those on LinkedIn video or are you publishing them elsewhere as well? Uh, they're on my, uh, they're on my, Agency website on the news section of
0: halfback.co. Um, and they're also in LinkedIn. If you hit me up on LinkedIn,
1: I just just like connecting with people as well. Awesome. And as always, listeners, we'll have all the links to, to Jason and Halfback and of course uh, the siren um, in the show notes for this episode over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode. 49 Jason just to uh to end out the show here where where can people you know find out more about you or or where's the best place for people to go to to connect further with you is it linkedin LinkedIn's probably the number one
0: spot um I'm pretty active on there I try and uh try and provide as much value uh, as as I can um yeah so yeah hit me up on linkedin I'm the one with the crazy, crazy background that I've done uh, a little bit of everything, all in a circle, so.
1: Cool, <laughs> excellent. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome connecting with you today on the podcast and I know our listeners have uh, would have gained a lot from hearing your journey, both through the world of sports marketing, but also through now the world of getting an app, you know, in that startup business space, getting that app out to market. So good luck with everything that you're doing and thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks again to Jason Davis. And as mentioned, you can find all of the links to Jason's videos that we talked about and everything he's got going on over at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 49. And that's it for another week here on the Engage With Story podcast. As always, I'd love a rating and review on iTunes. It really is great to get your feedback and every review helps spread the word of the show too. Now, for regular listeners, you may recall a little something coming that i teased last week now this is episode 49 of Engage with story that you're listening to right now and i'm excited to let you know that i've got a bit of an announcement to make next tuesday on episode 50 that's right the big five zero it's a great milestone episode for the show and i'd love for you to tune in next week to hear all about this big announcement about what's next for the podcast for the next 50 episodes or or more until then I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing. Thanks for listening and go tell awesome stories.